I'm Ray Rogers. You're listening to Fix This, a podcast exploring tech ideas and solutions to some of today's largest challenges. Imagine this, it's January 1879 and the sun has gone down. Your house is nice and dark and cozy, but there's one issue. You're still hard at work and you need light. So you have to light your oil lamp to see your desk or maybe a candle. Fast forward to the end of the year when a small group got to witness an invention that would change the world, the incandescent light bulb, first demonstrated by Edison in December 1879. The light bulb quite literally lit the way for a new era both in and out of the home. In 1881, the light bulb was on display at the first event held at the Smithsonian's new Arts and Industries Building during the inauguration ball for the newly elected President James Garfield. As the country's first U.S. National Museum, AIB has been central to displaying some of the world's most precious items and discoveries. Everything from dinosaurs to the first telephone to rockets. The building fully closed in 2004 due to structural concerns, but it is set to temporarily reopen this year, 2021, to celebrate the Smithsonian's 175th anniversary. It's reopening for a special nine-month exhibition. The Futures exhibit will be the first building-wide exploration of the future on the National Mall, and it's open from November 2021 through July 2022. During the building's reopening, much like the first event in 1881, light will be a focal point. In the rotunda, visitors will see a two-story interactive sculpture titled Me Plus You by the New York artist and architect Suchi Reddy. The sculpture blends light, color, and artificial intelligence to create an accessible, interactive piece of art commissioned by Amazon Web Services. To learn more about the sculpture and how AI cloud-powered art allows us to experience technology in an entirely new way, I sat down with Suchi Reddy, the artist of Me Plus You, Rachel Goslins, the director of the Smithsonian Arts and Industries Building, and Isolde Brillmeyer, the curator and cultural strategist working with the team. Take a listen. My name is Isolde Brillmeyer, and I'm a New York-based curator and cultural strategist. My name is Rachel Goslins. I'm the director of the Arts and Industries Building at the Smithsonian Institution. My name is Suchi Reddy. I'm an artist and architect based in New York City, and um, I'm creating a sculpture called Me Plus You that will be in the rotunda of the Arts and Industries Building at the Smithsonian um, with AWS. The Smithsonian's Arts and Industries Building has curated and displayed exhibits exploring the intersections of technology and art for over 100 years. For the building's reopening, why put a central focus on artificial intelligence and technology? We're particularly interested in how can these technologies make our lives better? How can they make us not less human, but more human? How can they connect us, reflect our hopes and dreams, allow us to live lives that are more equitable and inspiring and sustainable. So looking at uh, the role of artificial intelligence and specifically looking for the center of our exhibition for how can we create a work of art that also embodies and encapsulates some of this potential was a priority for us. 
So in Suchi's work, she's really thinking about breaking down the barrier between people and technology. And I think what makes this work uh, even more potent is that it's going to serve as the centerpiece of the Futurist exhibition at the AIB building the Smithsonian, um, which as Rachel said, encourages people to really think about and engage with different ideas and sort of um, modes of existence in various futures. And I think what Suchi's work does in terms of technology is to really invite people and challenge people to engage with technology and recognize that without their presence, uh, technology really won't function in the way that it is intended to. Tell us about the evolution of the project and the thought process behind it. How did each of you get connected to the project and how did the sculpture go from an idea to its ultimate final form? It was a, a very interesting subject. It's something that's been on my mind for a long time. And most of my work actually deals with emotion and feeling. And so my first instinct was to see what our kind of emotional connection to technology is. How does it help us as humans evolve as humans, not as um, machines or beings who do, but as humans who feel, how does it actually help us with that? It sort of came to me that what I would like to do is make this sculpture um, really be uh, something that A, was specific to the beautiful rotunda in the Arts and Industries building, which is a wonderful space that's like filled with light. But I wanted to sort of take that light and then transform that into um, sound and vibration and really figure out how to connect people to technology through emotion. And so um, I had this idea that I would love people to come in and speak into the sculpture, a vision of their future, and that the sculpture would then interpret that into a visual representation that I call a mandala, a, a, a physical pattern that is rooted both in my cultural history as an Indian um, and, you know, obviously in all of our cultural histories, I think, and um, to take those patterns and really weave them together in a central kind of totemic um, piece of the sculpture that has then an ever-evolving artifact of all of our visions of the future. And I worked very closely with uh, the amazing ProServe team at AWS, um, who actually did all of the AI behind the sculpture, and to really work with them closely to take this vision and make it real. It was an incredible honor to be asked to think of something that could be in this space, and then really um, be able to realize an idea through um, the help and collaboration of so many amazing minds um, to really make this a visual and emotional connection. Rachel and Isolde, I would love to hear your perspective on how you're working together. You know, after several conversations, I was brought on board as curator to really sort of oversee the project and kind of facilitate conversations and, um, you know, all of the various languages that, that stakeholders uh, speak just incredibly exciting, not only to be working with AWS and of course Suchi, but also to uh, be working with um, AIB uh, at the Smithsonian and that wonderful team there. One of the first major partners that came on board for Futures was AWS there early on became uh, a source of, of brainstorming and energy and enthusiasm for doing something big. 
in the rotunda, which is sort of the beating heart, the center of the building and the exhibition. We got connected, started talking about how AWS might commission something really big and important for the space. And then we got connected to Isolde, who was just this fantastic curatorial brain and had a great uh, perspective on a short list of artists that might be capable of helping us pull this off. And then through her, we got connected to Suchi and immediately fell in love with her. Um, so again, it's just been this fantastic series of connections with amazing women that have led us from the big idea to do an exhibition about the future to the very specific manifestation of me plus you in our rotunda. When someone speaks a word into one of the sculpture's microphones, machine learning analyzes what visitors say in tone, content, and inflection. Suchi, can you tell us a bit more? How did you decide what the spoken vision of each word would look like? What we did is look at creating different kinds of pattern lexicons, actually. So every single letter of the alphabet had a different pattern that it created that goes with it. And um, I also created several different color palettes looking at the histories of colors, um, color in terms of feeling, color in terms of equity, color in terms of culture, really all of these different ways in which we, we relate to um, the elements of our lives, like color, like um, like the brightness of light, these kinds of things, what do they mean to us? How do they trigger us emotionally? And how do they trigger us culturally? So I kind of put all of that together into a kind of a code, a visual code. And then I had a wonderful team um, on of people work with me to also work with the ProServe team and really put all of that information together to generate something that could continue on its own to have a starting point, but to really continue to generate new things all the time based on the information that was going into it. It was really important to me to make a sculpture that could really bring to everyone who engaged with it a sense of their own agency in their future. That's why I want people to engage with the sculpture in a certain way, because I want people to be able to speak into it and see that what they say becomes a part of the collective, that they have the power actually to shape that thing. If they leave with no other message, that's the message I really wanted to have people leave with. One would think the natural way to do this would be a digital sculpture. Um, so I did come up with a digital counterpart to the physical sculpture because I also feel like it would be absolutely amazing to have it be accessible to everyone in the world, wherever they are. So we generated also a website um, where one can have a digital experience of what the physical experience of the sculpture is. How were each of you thinking about community when pulling the exhibit together and, again, that accessibility and equity? Buildings organized as a symmetrical cross with this big rotunda in the center. What we needed for that space was something that was going to bring everybody together and that was going to amplify all of the different themes that were explored in the different halls. When we were looking for something to fill this rotunda space, we really wanted something that was going to reinforce this overall theme of connection, connection to each other, connection to your own hopes and dreams, connection to technology. Uh, so it was this idea, Suchi's idea when she proposed it, was um, a great kind of synthesis of all of those different themes we were hoping to bring together in the most communal space of the building, which is its center. Specifically with Suchi's piece, 
The other thing that really struck me about her proposal, and now that we have actually seen prototypes of the piece, um, is the emphasis also on the individual and the importance of the individual. And when we think about equity and inclusion and diversity, um, you know, part of that discussion is really about addressing the erasure and invisibility of individuals, not even just sort of communities, but individual human beings. And I think, um, you know, this piece is very much about um, collectivity, but also about individual presence and individual visibility, which I think is particularly potent for individuals who have historically been erased or overlooked or, um, um, you know, not given um, the sort of care and, and, and attention, particularly in, in visual culture, that they uh, deserve. My work has always been about amplifying human potential, you know, and I think um, our ideas of the future, whether they're dystopic or utopic, really are underpinned by our own self-awareness. And this is something that I think is really, really important. Um, I think this past year has brought this into high relief for a lot of people as we've seen our world get, you know, disorganized and reorganized in new ways. And um, for us to really be sort of um, critical and conscious of our contribution to our collective futures, that it's really important for us to think about everyone else as well, and to really understand that everything we do has an impact on everyone else, you know, and, um, and to highlight our own agency within all of this. The Futures exhibit will be on display from November 2021 to July 2022 for those who are in D.C. or able to visit. But for visitors who are not able to come in person, as you mentioned, Suchi, there is an online version. What are your thoughts on democratizing art through online exhibits, extensions, and really giving access to things that were previously not possible without the Internet and the cloud? I think some of that, the some of the answer to that question is really in us really seeing the potential of technology to bring us together, which I also think has come into high relief in the pandemic. You know, we've really realized that this is also a, a kind of glue that holds us together, and the importance of that um, has become something um, you know that we've seen in political uprisings in Arab Spring and Black Lives Matter in all of these very important movements. You know, we really see how technology can be a voice for the unheard, you know, the real potential of what we need to mine, but we have to do that with responsibility and with care. What technology affords us to do is really uh, create, um, you know, a, a far greater reach uh, so we can we can really take this pr uh, project global. Um, globally, we can kind of extend it to people. Um, and, you know, Suchi was very mindful, just even in the actual construction of the work, thinking about different people, that the technology piece it feels just natural, I think, in terms of how we can extend this work to uh, greater audiences. It's not a replication of the in-person experience. You definitely will get something different if you are standing in the rotunda of the Arts and Industries building engaging with the piece than you will if you're engaging with it remotely. But it is equally resonant and evocative in a, the same way. It kind of shares DNA with the in-person experience, but it's an experience that's uniquely tailored to being able to be accessible by anybody, by anywhere, and broaden the data that this piece reflects and mirror it back to more people. So it's just a great 
it's exactly what kind of online art and tech experiences should be. Can you share some of your thoughts on the future of art and museums and how people engage with art and how technology will influence it? To me, it's just a natural progression that we keep using the tools that we create to continue making work that reflects our cultures as humans and our ability to see beyond ourselves. And I think that truly is the nature and the meaning of art, that it helps us see more about ourselves. Technology uh, allows museums to sort of open up and become more accessible. Uh, but I think also in terms of the way in which, you know, a broad range of people are using technology to challenge museums, to call them out and call them in and to really think very, very critically about, um, you know, issues of, of diversity and equity leading to works that are more experiential, that are, that, are, that are capable of more interactivity and input and output than we traditionally think of when we think of art. Um, and it's also expanding the creative process. I think um, Suchi's piece is a huge part of that. This uh, piece would not be possible without the AWS technology underneath it. And it has pushed her and expanded her creative capacity in really interesting ways. And throughout our exhibition, actually, we have a number of different artists who are collaborating with technology or with AI to create things that they wouldn't have been able to create necessarily on their own. To learn more, check out the Futures exhibit in person if you happen to be in DC beginning in November 2021 through July 2022. And you can participate in the online version from around the world at www.meplusufuture.com. To learn more about the arts and industries building and futures exhibit, visit aib.si.edu. You can also follow along on social media at Smithsonian AIB or with hashtag the futures. Thank you to our guests, Suchi, Rachel, and Isolde. And thank you for tuning in. If you like today's show, please remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share. We'll be here on the next one.